on the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome, everybody, to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey here, joined by James Kwan today. We're going to be breaking down our expectations for the 2020-2021 Celtics, trying to make up for a disappointing finish last year. Before it's all said and done, we'll go over what we have most to look forward to from these first few games of the season. But first things first, one minute apiece, we're going to go over our best and worst takeaways from this offseason. James, you can go first. Best and worst takeaways from the last couple months. So, honestly... I'm, I'm looking at a lot of signings that I liked. I like Jeff Teague. I think we needed a backup point guard, and we finally got one. It wasn't Brad Wanamaker. No, I, li- I think, I think we, we had a love-hate relationship. I liked Brad a lot more than you liked Brad. In fact, you hated Brad. But I think that Jeff Teague is a, quite an obvious backup uh, upgrade there, especially with Kemba. We don't know where we're, we're going to get from Kemba this year. So having Jeff Teague is honestly, it's, it's an upgrade. Tristan Thompson, I feel the same way. Is not quite maybe the chemistry guy that we needed, but we need some rebounding. And finally, for the first time that I think that ever that I've been a Celtics fan since KG, we like invested somewhat in like the big man position. We said we did away with Amir Johnson, we did away with Poirier, we did away, and I we're probably gonna do away with Tice in the in the in the, in the next coming seasons. But we finally got this guy that you know might be the answer for that going forward. Um, honestly, the worst thing is probably the draft. I think it was a botched draft. I think we'd agree that Danny Ainge, suspect drafting, honestly. Interesting. I, I, it's, I think we got lucky with Tatum. I think we got lucky with Tatum. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Maybe we got a little lucky with Brown too, but I don't think that these are the guys that we needed. Obviously, we kind of got screwed. I think we wanted Jalen Smith, and just like with the Tyler Hero pick, um, the guy that we wanted got swooped right from underneath us at the last second. So I'll give Danny Ainge a pass on that particular pick, but I don't know if – it, the jury's still out on these guys, so I'll, I'll give them some time to, to prove me wrong. The jury is very much still out on everyone you just mentioned. We're going to have to see how they all adapt uh, to this team. We'll get into all that more as we go into more of our expectations for the season. But just my, my takeaways from the last month, my, my worst thing I'll start off with. My best and worst thing is kind of the same scenario. The worst thing is losing Gordon Hayward and not replacing his impact because we thought he might be gone. He, he t- said he wanted to opt out. We thought maybe he's going to Indiana. We needed someone to replace his impact because no matter what, what like people say, like the Celtics were better when Gordon Hayward was on the floor last year. He, he made our team better, and now we're without him, and we didn't replace him with anything. That's the worst thing for me. The best thing is the silver lining from that scenario, which is the $28 million trade exception that came from letting him go, which I think will end up proving valuable that we can look up halfway through the season and say, okay, we need this piece, and we have the cap room and the ability to move some people and get that piece and make that decision later on, as opposed to trying to make the decision right now of what this team needs. So with that said, let's just jump right into this, where we, well, our expectations for the Celtics this year. Last year, we, we had a window. We had a window to make a finals run in the bubble, weird scenario. The Eastern Conference was very weak last year. Ben Simmons gets hurt right before our playoff series, so the Sixers are pretty weak. The Bucks get beaten by the Heat, which we, the Celtics really thought they had to go through the Bucks. The Celtics instead had to go through the Heat who do not have like a definable like superstar talent other than Jimmy Butler, who is like not necessarily considered to be a top 
15 player in the league before those playoffs. I felt like it was a really missed window. The Celtics fell short. I think that this year, their path to the finals is 10 times harder than having to go through the Raptors and the Heat. I think this year is going to be a lot tougher of a time. We uh, we ditched Brad Wanamaker, thank God. Uh, <laughs> Hayward walked out the door. Vincent Poirier and Ennis Cantor uh, didn't like their roles, so they're out of here too. Replacing them, we have Tristan Thompson, rebound machine. Peyton Pritchard, who I have heard some great things about. Aaron Naismith, the best shooter in the draft. And Jeff Teague, who's Jeff Teague. Um, so so how, how are we feeling about these subtractions and additions so far? You said that you liked our free agent signings. You didn't like our draft picks. Yeah, I, I just think that, well, first of all, I kind of disagree with you. When you say that we lost Hayward, we didn't really get anything in exchange. Like, yeah, quite literally, we didn't we didn't make a trade for Gordon Hayward that really gave us back, you know, anything close to his player of his particular value. But us getting Jeff Teague and Tristan Thompson, we both agreed that last year we needed rebounding and we need a backup point guard. And that's exactly what we got. Do we really need Gordon Hayward? Like, that was always the question because we had a team with a million wings that we had a lot of guys who wanted shots. And truth be told... I almost wanted Hayward to get traded a lot, like multiple times that year, because I think that he needed a better environment for his particular skill set. We just watched Goodwill Hunting yesterday, and there's that scene where Van Affleck's like, "The best part of my day is when was night when I go to the door and maybe you're not there." And that's how I felt about Gordon. I was like, "The best part of my season is maybe that I'll wake up and there'll be a Gordon Hayward trade, and he'll be in Indiana or someplace where he can really succeed." Gordon, Gordon's really, happier, and Gordon's we have happier, a better. and we have a backup point guard and a center. We're both happier. I'm happy. Gordon, because, Gordon, it's yeah. not your fault. It's not your fault, Gordon. <laughs> Gordon, it's not your fault. The, <laughs> the, the the hand fractures, the the ankle injuries, they're not your fault. But seriously, listen, Danny, I, want, I gotta go see about Lamelo. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I wanted him to go off to a better place. That was it was like like Ben Affleck said to to Will. It's like no, you have this golden ticket. Like I, I'll be pissed if you're here next year. Like I'll be pissed if you're here because I truly do. For Gordon's sake, I want him in a place where he's not fighting with Tatum and Brown and Kemba for shots because that was never the guy he was in, in Utah. He had so much confidence there. And now that he's kind of getting back to his, his physical form, that you know. Now he just broke his hand, so I can't say he's not made of glass anymore. But kind yeah. of getting back to a healthy self, I want him to have 20 shots a game. I think he deserves no, it. No, yeah. It, it, Hayward made the Celtics better. But like, the numbers don't exactly show it. They were 14-6 and six without him. They were 34-18 and 18 with him, which means that they had a better winning percentage without him. But if you were a Celtics fan, you watched those games. The ball moved better. The Celtics played better when Gordon Hayward was on the floor. But I agree. I didn't want him to have to be our fourth option and go sit in the corner. It was so frustrating to watch guys go ISO while Gordon Hayward is like making good passes. So I'm glad that he found a place to go. Now it presents an opportunity. And this is like what I'm looking for a lot in the first few weeks of the season is that Kemba is hurt and Hayward is gone. So Tatum and Brown for the first time in their young careers are like the for sure number one and number two options. Tatum was like the number one last year. He rose to it. But Jalen Brown has never gotten to be like the number two option. He's always had to like score very efficiently and like, all of his shots have been like catch and shoot or like drive to the rim. Like he hasn't gotten to dance around ISO very much. And until Kemba is back, the team that we have is built around them. Our big men are built to be able to rebound and switch on to like other players to suit um, Tatum and Brown's needs. Our, our guards are like suited to feed them the ball. And like we got Jeff Teague and we got like, rookies that aren't going to be selfish and aren't going to want to demand the ball too much and take it away from them. So the strength of this team is like how good Tatum and Brown are, which 
for years we've been saying like that's the duo these are the guys like the next decade is Tatum and Brown and like we really have to see it now the biggest thing I'm worried about I watched the first preseason game yesterday and it's one preseason game it means nothing but <laughs> we lost in that heat series and you 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 like we, we analyzed this to death that like what is going on with our offense that like everyone is playing ISO either Brad is just telling everyone to play ISO or they're not listening to Brad that was always your your biggest yeah. complaint last year no, and I'm it's, worried it's, about and it's, that it's happening true. again. It's true. It's it's. I don't want to, and I don't want to blow past the Tatum um, Brown points. I think it's important, but it, at the end of the day, Brad Stevens, we need to question his authority on this team because it really is. There's only two possible scenarios. He's calling the ISOs, which we all know. Brad Stevens is not a fan of ISO ball. I, I don't think that's how his. I don't think that's how his brain works. And or it's that players are not listening to him and playing ISO ball anyways, which is I think what we both think is happening. And that Tatum thinks that he's the guy and he can hold the ball for 20 seconds if he wants to. Now, is it's funny that Brad Stevens said Javante Green is going to play a little bit more of a role this year. My theory is that he's going to use Javante Green as a tool to combat this. That if he, he says to Tatum, oh, you, you want to take three bad ISO shots? That's cool. I'll just put Javante Green in. I'll put Javante Green in and, and, and he'll, he'll pass the ball. And I think that he's going to do little things like that to kind of push this team this year to say that we have to buy into each other, play more like the Heat than the Lakers. Yep. But I would I'll push back on your point about this is like like we've we've been counting on the Tatum Brown thing. We've had a ball dominant point guard for the past like ten years. <laughs> like or, yeah. whether it's been no, IT true. and then whether it's been Kyrie and now Kemba, I don't think Tatum and Brown have ever had the chance to fully be unleashed as two as the two wing duo. Yeah. And we're gonna get that for the foreseeable future until Kemba is back. Now, is Kemba going to come back? What are we going to get from Kemba? I don't think we really know. I think it's kind of like in Star Wars 9 where they're kind of betting on this major Republican, sorry, this major uh, rebel fleet coming in and saving yeah. everything. It's like we're, we're betting on, on Kemba coming in and doing that. I don't think we can Kemba's, count Kemba's the reinforcements that like need to either that make or break our success. But, um, Tatum so, and yeah, Brown. We'll see. we'll see if they're the duo. They like, just in the preseason game and in, in, in like the end of last season, this is a team, the Celtics, that were just taking a million jump shots. Like our offense had so many sh- good shooters and scorers that it centered around like passing the ball around and taking jump shots, which it's the new NBA, three-pointers are dominating, but like it would have been really nice to get someone that could score inside. Like Ennis Cantor took so much pressure off the team and he would come in and get just like six points in the paint in five minutes. Like he would get a put back and then just like, do a little post up. We don't have an inside presence at all. So it's going to be a lot of like Tatum and Brown take 20 shots each night 15 of them are jump shots and they need to hit on a lot of them. If they have a bad shooting night, we're going to lose the game. And that's a little worrisome. We're going to have to have a really strong defensive identity, which we usually do have. Um, We have more inside presence than we did last year though. We do. Definitely. We like Tristan Thompson. I have more confidence in playing center, like especially him and Tice sharing the role as opposed to Tice comes out of the game and it's like, okay, Grant try, Rob will try, like someone just try and play until we can get Tice back in. Yeah. And then Tice comes in and Tice is underwhelming and it's just a cycle of being frustrated. Um, Kemba, okay, so Kemba sometimes last year was our best player by far. Like there was games that he carried us. Like yeah. when he got hot, he like took over. And if he was that in the playoffs, it's a different story, but he wasn't. So Kemba like can come back and make all the difference, but I don't think it's something we can count on. So I want to circle back to that. I want to talk about the rookies we got. Romeo Langford is hurt again to start the season. So Langford hopefully like, will stop disappointing us at some point. I'm really excited about Peyton Pritchard. 
He looked good shooting last night. Everyone has nothing but amazing things to say about him. My roommate Tristan uh, will not shut the hell up about how effective he's going to be. He's the next. He's the next. I don't even know. He's like a Isn't mini that classic Celtic. Isn't that the classic Celtics thing? That Peyton Pritchard is the one that we like. Yeah, <laughs> the guy that Danny Ainge just like finds yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. end of the draft. Um, <laughs> Naismith, I think, like is not very polished as like a ball handler or even as like a player necessarily, but. He can shoot, which we couldn't shoot last year as well as we needed to. So there he is. Um, and then Robert, <laughs> Robert Williams and Grant Williams, hopefully, like, are more comfortable on an NBA floor. Like, they would come in and bring a spark for a couple minutes, and then the teams would just, like, start attacking them, and they would kind of, like, depreciate in value because they would, like, mess up five plays in a row and they need to come out. Yeah. Um, I think that Rob Will and Grant Will can – step into a role no, in this team. Uh, if, opportunity. if time lord learns how to play basketball like then and can can slow down times so that he can get some get some more experience and know how to play basketball then i it's he's gonna be a great addition but i think at the end we we always knew we had the pieces and we do have the pieces this year too it's just a question of how are we going to play how, how what is the offense going to look like you know what what kind of decisions are guys going to make when when the shit hits the fan are we going to are we gonna rely on ourselves or are we going to rely on the team? And before we move on to like the other teams in the, in the Eastern Conference, I think it's an important question to ask is especially when he's becoming the centerpiece and apparently he grew two inches taller and he's going to be the guy. Like what does Tatum's ideal season look like? Like if you're in Tatum's shoes, like what do you want the season to look like? And what do you, what do you think that Tatum wants to be this year? So Tatum and Brown, like I, I keep bringing it back to both of them, but Tatum and Brown, Tatum especially – their level of success on the Celtics has always hinged on how well they can play with the players around them. Like how efficient Tatum and Brown can be to score a lot of points, but also let Kyrie score and let Hayward score and let Kemba score. And they're like, they've only been as good as they've been able to like be efficient and get the other guys involved. Now they're only as good as like how many points they can put up each night. Like Tatum needs to have 30 each night. Like Brown needs to have 25 each night. And I like I think maybe like Brown scoring was a little bit a factor of like people being distracted by the other guys on the team. I think that he can prove that wrong. I think that Tatum this year needs to be like an MVP candidate. Like that's that's the bar. He needs to right. score 27 a game. He needs to do what he did in the playoffs every night, but he needs to be more clutch while he's doing it. Like well, he wasn't it's on his shoulder. He wasn't very clutch in the playoffs last year. But the I guess what we're asking is like is is Tatum looking at the season and saying yeah, I have to put up 50. So I'm going to take the ISO shots. I'm going to hold the ball for 12 seconds of the shot clock. Or is he saying that I will succeed by moving the ball, that the shots will come to me, that I'll find my opportunities? I think that's an important question to ask where his head's at. I think that we're lucky in that Tatum and Brown, like Tatum seems doesn't seem like he has been like seeking out like the number one role, like I want the ball all the time. He doesn't seem to have that kind of ego. Mm-hmm. What I will say is that when the offense, the ball comes around to him and he starts doing his little slow crossover, sizing up the guy, the offense stops dead. Like there's a lot of times when Tatum Brown touch the ball and the offense stops dead. And so it very much is just dependent on their skill level. And I think that really for this team to succeed, Brad Stevens needs to run an offense where like it's fluid. And those, those are the two primary scorers and everyone else is like positioned so they can catch and shoot or get the rebound or help those two guys to score. But those two guys need to perform in those moments. And when they're not having a good night, they need to find a way to get Peyton Pritchard and Marcus Smart 20 points. 
Yeah. Like well, somehow. We don't have to be talking about Pritchard as much as we are uh, just, just yet. He might, he might not see the court, but um, I'm glad that we have some new young guys. And I think that you're right. We do have a good direction, but like, like we mentioned before, the Eastern conference got a lot better. Yep. And I, we, we, we got to talk about that because it's, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. So I was like low key hoping, hoping for the nets to get Harden because if it was KD, Tyree and Harden, <laughs> that just, there's no way it would have, it, it, it couldn't no, it'd fall apart. It'll fall apart. I'm like, pretty worried about the Nets lineup, looking at yeah. them compared to us. Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Kevin Durant, and then either J.A. or DeAndre Jordan. Like, when it was Dinwiddie and LeVert, like, they, like, kind of cooked us, like, in a lot yeah. of games last year. Like, that overtime game was so frustrating. Karis LeVert could not miss a shot. And you add those guys to Kyrie and KD, there's a version of that team that will win the championship. I don't know yeah. if we'll see that version of the team, but there, there's a lot to be concerned about there. And I think that when you look at the Celtics compared to them, it has more to do with if the Nets can figure it out than if the Celtics can stop them. Because if the Nets can figure it out, I think I don't think we can beat them. No. If the Nets can figure it out, I don't know if any team can beat them in the league except for the Lakers. Like, yeah. that's, that's their ceiling, is that they're a top-two team in the entire league. Because in theory, on paper, like, how different – like, is their team that much less deep than the death warrior – the, you know, death squad of the Warriors? Like – like, I don't want to get blasphemous here, but it's like Kyrie, you know, Steph's obviously the better player, but you got Kyrie. KD's the same player he was. If, if that's the case, then they have a lot of depth. And, like, you're, you're completely right. They were cooking teams that didn't know how to handle these, like, scoring wings. I don't know if Dinwiddie and Lavert are going to feel good about, you know, the shots they're going to get this season and how well that's going to flow. But if you got Steve Nash, you can make it all kind of flow together. Yeah, no, no one's beating them in the, in the East. I think that if I think that we will have a better record than them. I think that KD and Kyrie probably like miss some miss some stretches of games and stuff. And the Celtics are just yeah. very good at like playing great defense for stretches of the season. The playoffs are another story. I think that our team playing its absolute best and their team playing its absolute best, just with the talent level comparison, I think they have the edge. And so I'm really hopeful that our guys just mesh better and Brad is a better coach than what Kyrie can do with that group of guys. Yeah. Um, I don't, so, like I don't think we match up well. Like, I think Marcus Smart on, on Kyrie is a fun matchup. I think yeah. we have the wings and tall guys to put on KD. But you're right. If we can't guard Dinwiddie and Lavert, then it's hard to imagine a world where we can guard Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Lavert, and KD. So um, we're going to get body inside by Jared Allen, DeAndre, too. We, 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 there's a lot of ways in which this team is – we're kind of looking at a storm coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm really very hopeful, though, that that storm is going to just flutter out and die because they just can't figure <laughs> can't it out. I, that's I, I don't have a lot of – yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that's their biggest obstacle. Um, yeah. The Sixers, on the other hand, I think their biggest obstacle is us. The Sixers got yeah. better for sure. They added, they added Seth Curry, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, veterans and also shooters, shooters. Like, like guys that just will help at every position. They ditched Al Horford. That was so huge that they were able to ditch yeah. Al Horford. Well, they gave up some first-rounders, but yeah. Um, it's the pulling out a tooth that they needed to. I still like, I won't say that they're more talented than us. I think that Tobias Harris is like shown to be pretty overrated as far as his contract goes. Mm. Um, I think that like, obviously there's a, like, I think that this is the kind of the flip of this, like this Nets and Celtics scenario where we'll lose to the Sixers if we can't figure it out. But if Kemba and Tatum and Brown figure it out, we're going to beat the Sixers again. We keep beating them every year. Like for some reason, like Embiid and Simmons just like never really scare us very much. We always just find a way to handle them. Well, that's the thing. I don't think Simmons 
you know how I feel. You know how I feel about star point guards who can't shoot. I just don't think I just don't think you're gonna go very far with that. I think it's just like it's Lamar Jackson. It's like yeah, this will work in the regular season. You'll put up the numbers. When it comes down to the big game, you gotta be able to pass the ball. You gotta be able to shoot the ball if you're the lead point guard in this team. It's just that simple. They're packing the box against you. You're running why you can't get any layups. It's like they don't even need to step out past the key. Like it's it, you got Ben Simmons at point. So this they'll go as far as he takes them. And that's the thing about the Sixers that that's why I don't. The only reason why I don't look at the Sixers like I do the Nets is not because their talent level. Because I will disagree. I think they're more talented than us. I do. Um, I did, but I just I don't think that this team is dangerous if if Ben Simmons is playing the point. Now it's a bias. The only way that Tobias becomes not overrated relative to his contract is if he plays that Jimmy Butler role. If you remember that one successful Sixers run where they lose because of Kawhi's ridiculous Game Seven shot, like. They were, they were in that position because Jimmy Butler was starting to play the point. And the, the offense had a lot more steam with Jimmy Butler, like holding the ball and distributing and shooting, being able to be that dual threat. Tobias could be that. I think, I think this team could be dangerous. But with Ben Simmons at the helm, I, I agree. This team's not going to go farther than, than, than we are. We are the one. I'm not, I'm not high on Tobias or Ben Simmons. I think that they're a trade away from being contenders. Like, they have to trade, like, Simmons for Harden right. or something. Like... I think that, that's what would do it. I don't see them winning yeah. a championship with this team. Maybe Doc Rivers can turn it around, but I'm not I'm not worried about the Sixers, not as much as I am the Nets. And the Bucks. if we played the Bucks last year instead of the Heat, I think we definitely beat the Bucks. I think we, we figured them out in the regular season. Um, they're a I different wonder. animal now. I think that they, they stole Drew Holiday from us. The Celtics were supposed to get Drew Holiday for Hayward and our three draft picks. They and they made him a super offer. They got Drew for... Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and a couple more draft picks. That's a for sure improvement. Like Bledsoe and Hill played very well, like off the ball from Giannis and like good defense and everything. But Drew Holiday will like inject value into this team immediately. Um, I still don't know that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are like enough. But that's the big three. (laughs) Like that's the big three. Yeah. It'll it'll depend on Giannis. Like he's taking some jump shots recently. Like maybe he can shoot a little bit. But, and like, obviously like Chris Middleton, sometimes like Chris Middleton will just randomly like go off against us. He can't miss from mid range. He can't miss from three, but I'm not worried about the bucks. Like I was at the beginning of last year. I think that we have to kind of figure it out. I just, I feel like the drew holiday thing and it just feels like the Packers to me, it feels like that you have this generational talent in Giannis and for some reason, these organizations in Wisconsin just don't give the stars what they need. Like, we all know that the Packers need a wide receiver, and we all know that what the Bucks needed was Chris Paul. What the Bucks needed was an, an actual bona fide all-star to make this a serious team. Because let's let's be real, after last year, no one's taking the Bucks as seriously as we used to. Everyone was talking about Bucks Lakers, and we all feel pretty ridiculous for that. Because looking at them now, you're like, they can't win the big game. They can't. Giannis can't win the big game by himself. Um and that has to do with like his own flaws. And you're right, him, him being able to develop as a shooter and other things, that's going to help. But this team is uh, it's a lot more bite. I mean, sorry, it's a, lot, it's a lot more talk, I would say. It's a lot more talk than action. It's a lot more talk than action. Because not that you know, they're talking the media and whatever, and they have championship expectations that they're flamboyant about. But everyone looks at the Bucks as a championship team, and they're not really getting that from them. I, I, I agree. I'm not – the Bucks are like kind of the, the lesser of my worries in the Eastern Conference. 
also the thing is I'm worried about the Bucks still so more than the Heat. Um, like, am I crazy for still just sleeping yeah, on the you Heat? You are crazy. You are crazy. I thought that we beat them. I thought they'd get swept by the Lakers. They won way more games than I expected. I still am not scared of them. I don't know why. It's because they're okay. So, just like all the Bucks are built to win in the regular season, but not the playoffs. I think the Heat are the, the opposite. Um, I think the Heat are a guy that you, a team that you don't want to face in the playoffs, and I think that's so much more dangerous in today's NBA. Like, who cares if you're the if you're, if you're the fifth or fourth seed? Who cares? Like, if, if you can beat the team yeah. in front of you, and they, and they showed that. Um, yeah, they match up. It, it's it's funny, and I know why you say that because we did beat the Heat in a lot of those games we lost in. If that makes any sense, we yep. won three quarters of so many of those games, um, and we are the better team on paper and talent wise. We no one can deny that we're the we were the better team, um, and we shouldn't have lost. But the Heat also didn't get like better. Like it's true. Yeah, no. like they're, they're, they're they're like running back with the same guys. Pretty much, pretty much, and they're gonna have to pay. Duncan next year they got to you know the team's not gonna look the same after this year either so are you know they lost Crowder like that he, he wasn't amazing true. but like, but, like what, what do we you know I, I agree in the sense of like what are we afraid about we have to pick our battles and you know pick our hills to die on and like the Nets are the bigger threat the Nets are the, are the team that be that becomes the Warriors of the East that we that no one can beat that everyone starts to give up on because they were just like all right, I guess we're not going to beat the Nets. You know, it's it's all good. We'll just tank. Um, that's like that's the ceiling for them. The Heat, they're a solid team. We don't want to face them in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree. I don't get that same fear factor with them. I do say that they're the better team right now. If we want to finish first in the East, or we want to finish in the top four in the Eastern Conference, we have to be better than one of the Nets, Sixers, Bucks, and Heat. I'm not going to bring up the Raptors today. We'll see if they have some kind of great season. But I. Uh, I'm going to write them off a little bit for starters. Yeah, I know, I know, I know they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to upset some teams and be a good team, but I'm not, I, I think they're a championship window opened and closed with Kawhi walking in and out of the door. So now uh, right before we, uh, we wrap this up outro, I want to end it with both of us of what is most to look forward to. The season starts next week. What is most to look forward to, to watch in these couple games we're going to get next week. Fun Christmas day game. We play the bucks first and then the nets and then the Pacers a couple times. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly just looking forward to seeing if these pieces work out. I think it's going to say a lot about Danny Ainge. I think it's going to say a lot about us going forward and our stars being able to play with different people. Like, it's, it's, it's really going to come down. Like, if, is, is Jess Teague and Tristan Thompson, was this, was this the answer? Um, I'm excited to see it because, um, to be honest, if it's not, I'm kind of ready to be done with this whole Danny Ainge thing. Um, I, I want to – Listen, he's a he's a great executive, but I think there's a scenario that exists where he becomes the Jerry Jones of the NBA, um, and I, I really I would hate to see that happen. But it really does kind of ride on this season. I do agree with you when I when you say that this window isn't as big as we think it is. Um, if we look, if we start ten and ten, um, people are going to start saying that this window has already been closed and it was closed when we lost against the Heat. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm. I'm saying I'm looking forward to it, but really I'm just anxious for it. And it's going to be a huge deal. It's going to be a huge deal. Even though we don't have Kemba, these first 30 games for us, we're going to be under the microscope. And I think we're ready for it. Um, but yeah, especially if Tatum, imagine a situation where Tatum just has like a bad 20 games. Um, we're going to look really, really bad. I'm also anxious and I'm looking so much forward to being anxious. I'm so glad that basketball's yeah. back. I'm happy to be anxious again. again. <laughs> um, 
my uh my my thing for this next week is honestly it's all Jalen Brown. I need to see if Jalen Brown is like as a number two scorer is like very effective and be able to be efficient and also share the ball. Like I want to see what he looks like as the number two scorer. And you know if he has like if two of these games this first week he has like fourteen and fifteen points. Like no, like I need Jalen to have twenty plus every night from here on out if he's going to be taking that many shots. Because if he just if he has like fourteen points a game this this next week, like he's going to be kind of solidifying himself as a third option. Like we need to have other guys on this team to, to bring out the best in him. And so I'm looking at Jalen Brown to really show me something this first yeah. week as his, the first time in his career, he is the number two scorer. He's the number two guy. And I'm excited. Couldn't no, be more it's, excited. It's, it's true. He does need to take that big step. He's, there's a couple guys on our team that really need to take that next step. And for Jalen Brown, it is being a consistent 20-point scorer. Uh, I don't think that we're arguing that. A lot of guys haven't had the chance to take this next step because we've had such a crowded locker room, and yeah. the, the locker room is looking a lot less crowded. Now is the time <laughs> to, to prove to prove your worth. It's true. Uh, it's true. Shout out to Taco and Carson Edwards. They can they can be the X factors if that's what we need to have happen. Had to mention yeah. Taco once before I wrapped it up. All right. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who joined us on this maiden voyage of Double Take Celtics. Everyone, this next week on your best behavior so Santa can bring us a Kyrie Irving loss on Christmas Day. Sure. And uh, enjoy the season, everyone. We're back. 